Good morning, good afternoon, and maybe it's good evening for you. My name is Vivian Aqua, and I'm the workplace wellness advocate. And besides being a workplace wellness advocate, I have also taken upon me the role of being an event organizer. So I think that you might have seen uh, a huge event coming up. And if you haven't seen that one yet, then I'll definitely, you know, bring this one up. So I am showing my son. My son Orlando, who is at the at the photo, he's uh, about two or three years old, and uh, the reason why I'm showcasing him is because he is the start of everything that I'm doing at the moment. He is the start of Amplify DEI, and it's because of him, the inspiration he inspired me to start a movement, and because of that, I had the courage to ask other people to join me in this movement. And I'm making this very secretive, but it's about amplifying diversity, equity, and inclusion. I recently shared in different interviews, but also in an interview that I did with Cordelia Javar. Just Cordelia, if you're watching, I appreciate you. I She asked me a question about why am I doing this? I am doing this to prevent the BS that happened to me when it comes to racism and discrimination because it almost ended my life and I want to do something about that. So for me, Orlando, ever since that, Orlando has been asking me about my safety because of this whole George Floyd matter and because of the recent happenings, he, he sometimes seems to be worried and I don't want him to be worried at all. He's at the moment six, turning seven very soon. And it's a challenge as a mother, as a parent, it's a challenge to deal with the fact that your child not only has to deal with the fact that he, he is a child, but also is worried about the, the parent's safety. And the last thing that I want is, is that. So because of him, I'm so grateful. He's my life coach. He doesn't even know it, but I'm so grateful that because of him, I started using this quote like, we need to implement DEI strategies and see DEI strategies not as a one-night stand or a tick in the box or a one-time thing so that you can do your DEI training and then forget about it. And that's why 71, not one, not two, but 71 speakers are joining me in this amplification of diversity, equity, and inclusion. So if you are haven't heard about it or if you haven't seen it, please look at the AmplifyDEI.com website because it is going to be epic. It is going to be huge and it is going to be amazing. And definitely look at look at the, the people, right? I have two speakers tonight, or to my tonight, so it may be your morning or your afternoon, who are joining in this uh, conversation live. And I'll introduce them to you later. But just so you know, this is only the beginning of what Amplified DEI can mean in the world, and it's an international panel. There are going to be more than 100 talks about you implementing, taking away actionable tips, actionable advices, actionable inspiration for you to implement DEI in your company. It's not going to be a soft talk about what diversity means or what equity means. Of course, we will add it in there. But also know that you'll receive 20 minutes presentation. So each presenter has the challenge to create 20, 20, within 20 minute presentation to create actionable steps for you to implement whatever diversity topic you want to implement for you to implement that and make that change. Because I owe it up to Orlando. You owe it up to my son. We owe it up to this generation and the next generation. So please. Be part of this conversation, be part of moving the needle, be part of this new wave because diversity is the way to go. And it's best for you and your company and your colleagues to embrace that sooner or later. That's what I wanted to share. So I'm already seeing some comments. Uh, let me see. Yes, Farah. Thank you, Farah. And I'm already seeing something. Emily. Hi, Emily. Yes. Yes. Alonzo. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for joining. And Amy. Amy is also there. So thank you, Amy, for being such a yes. I, I truly appreciate you all. So thank you all. And I'm seeing, you know, two mamas that I already know, Emily and Farah. 
it means the world to me to to have them here as well and i want to create that movement so uh with no further ado because tonight we also have you know a conversation it's not the me 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 show and i don't like to put the spotlight on myself too much because it's all about the we that's why i'm having weekly conversations with other people hint so tonight i have the lovely brooke oslam errol nuri arroyo and Jonathan Goldson, and I'm going to introduce them one by one tonight. Let me have a look and also read their bio. So the first one is Brooke Oslem Errol. She's bringing more purpose to work. She works with both individuals and organizations to make this happen. And Nuria is an organization transformation champion and future of work designer with international experience as a consultant and business observer. And Jonathan Goldson, he's an ethics speaker, TEDx speaker, and a former hitchhiker who applies ancient rabbinic wisdom to the challenges of the modern world. Welcome, everybody. And I'm so excited to have this conversation with you all. And let's start, you know, let's start with what is your connection, Brooke, when it comes to humanizing the workplace? Why is it important for you? Thank you, first of all, for having me and good mm -hmm. to be with all of you and everybody who's joining us. Mm -hmm. um, for me, I think it started when in my first job at the corporate life, where I saw a lot of people working only for the weekends and looking forward to their Saturday, Sundays. And I felt so strange to me that like people would not like five days out of seven and mm -hmm. only work for the weekends or a retirement. So, yeah. so I started observing what is not working in really early on. And then as I moved forward in my life, I did a lot of inner work to find out what excites me, what's my purpose in life, and started seeing a lot of people miserable and unhappy. So that got me to the place I am today, having a business to make sure this doesn't happen a lot, or at mm -hmm. least we can be part of the change we want to see. So do you believe in TGY, uh, Thank God is Friday or not? No, not really. I think we just love saying that, but I we don't even think about why it's so important. I don't think I want to say, thank God it's Monday and get yeah. excited. So, yeah. 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 Thank you. Thank you. And Nuria? <clears throat> I think uh, during my corporate uh, uh, part of my life, I saw people that could not be themselves and uh, mm -hmm. could not bring everything that they, they were. And uh, that's why at the moment in my life, I thought it was the, the right moment to encourage those people to see that there is another reality. It's not the reality that exists only incorporate that they can be themselves and bring uh, uh, the most powerful uh, self that they have into the world. And don't differentiate, as, uh, as Brooke said before, Mondays from Sundays. So we are one full and it doesn't matter where you are. Yeah. And that makes uh, life much easier. I agree. And meaningful. Thank you, Thank you for sharing. And Jonasan? Thank you, Vivian. Um, before I became a speaker and a, and a consultant and a coach, I was a high school teacher. High school, high school for 23 years. And I taught in a school for two years where the community appreciated us, but there was an adversarial relationship between the, the teachers and the principal. Mm -hmm. and, and it poisoned everything we did. Yeah. Um, and we couldn't do our best job and we couldn't serve the students the way we wanted to because mm -hmm. we were expending so much emotional energy on just coping with an unpleasant work situation. And, and the, the product suffered and the product was the, the children, the students. And when I left that job and I went to another job with an incredibly supportive principal and, and it was, it was for 20 years I, I taught in the school and, and we had tremendous success on every level because even when things were difficult even when we had problems but there was a supportive community we all knew we were part of a team and we all knew that the principal had our backs and was there for us and so the humanity that we bring to the workplace is not just about work it's about every aspect of our lives and it's about the ripples that go out from the work that we do into the world yeah I totally can relate. And it, with the example that you are sharing right now, I was thinking about it's the manager, right? It's always, you know, that quote that comes by 
on LinkedIn or on Twitter or wherever, it's the manager, right? People leave the company because of the environment, the manager not being able to protect them. And you are definitely showcasing a case where the manager, even though you might be having challenging situations, you have a manager or a leader who has your back, which is judgmental, especially now. So coming back to you, what do you see are the essential ingredients for purposeful leaders? Well, I, uh, I talk about ethics, and so I use ethics as a as a convenient acronym mm-hmm. for the qualities of character that, that really make all of us good people, but especially make good leaders successful. And yeah. the E is empathy. We have to be able to relate to what other people are feeling. The T is trustworthiness. We have to be trustworthy ourselves, and we have to trust others so that they know that they're respected and they're empowered. Mm-hmm. It is humility, right? We have to recognize it's not all about us. It's about something that's bigger than ourselves. The I is inquisitiveness. We have to be curious. We have to want to learn and constantly improve. The C is courage, nice. because it's not always easy to do the right thing. There are lots of pressures trying to push us to do things that aren't ultimately in anybody's best interest. And the, and the S is self-discipline, that we have to be very, very disciplined and very regimented in our um, schedules, in our, in our behaviors. doesn't mean that there isn't room for, for flexibility and creativity, mm-hmm. but that self-development that comes about through discipline ultimately is what makes everything else work. Yeah, I agree. And Nuria? When you when you bring purpose to your life and to your organizations, that means that you believe and you act uh, to reach to, to achieve something that brings you meaning, and meaning goes fur- that goes further your own self and your own interest. So that meaning bring, comes from serving others, uh, serving others uh, um, for their all their 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 lives as well. So you go away from yourself and you center in others. And, uh, and the, the goal is not your own goal, but a common goal. So that is where, where, uh, where purpose uh, b- makes complete different uh, impact in, mm-hmm. in teams, yourself and in organizations. And uh, particularly, for instance, when we 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 just refer to something special that we can do daily, uh, appreciation, being authentic, authentic, mm-hmm. uh, authentic on how you what you believe and how you act appropri- appropriately, is what uh, for me the key ingredients for uh, for being a purposeful leader. Yeah, and before we started, so we have we always have a pre-chat with uh, I always have a pre-chat with the with the speakers to, to you know share some rules. I don't have any rules. My rules, one of the rules, most important rules are is fun. But then Nuria mentioned came up with something very important because not everybody knows the definition or the meaning of purpose. Not everybody can feel or see the magical things that purpose behold. So maybe if you can help, you know, the audience to share share your definition of purpose. What is purpose, instead of it being a fuzzy buzzword? Uh, purpose for me is something uh, that brings you feel that makes you feel uh, fulfilled every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and it's go- it goes beyond. Uh, profit or uh, economical benefit because that is a it's you should think that purpose uh, brings you fulfillment uh, t- today and in the long term mm-hmm. it's not something that brings you uh, happiness for for a moment and it can be that it, it makes you a struggle but at the same time that brings a, 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 an impact in the long term for instance, yeah. you you struggle to educate your children or to uh, to to work with the team, but the result is what counts at the end. Yeah. That satisfaction that you have achieved something that is bigger than what your contribution is, mm-hmm. that is for me a, a purpose. And it doesn't is not related with religion. Is not related with pure uh, spirituality. It mm-hmm. has to be. It has to be with psychology, with emotions. And with a uh, um, positive well-being. Thank you for adding that. And Brooke, 
Yeah, I mean, Yanis and Nuri already said a lot of things that I would mm -hmm. like love to say, especially the ethics, like, like, is really a combination of a lot of things that I consider to be emotional intelligence, right? Mm -hmm. We want these leaders to have a lot of in, in, emotional intelligence and not act with their ego. But coming back to what you said and what we talked before, even the call, I, since I've been in this work for two decades now, like Nuria was saying, we don't want this to be a slogan, a brand mm -hmm. marketing tool. It's not something just to use it so lightly. It really has a lot of deep meaning into it. And if leaders, purposeful leaders understand why purpose is so necessary in the workplace, they're going to be better purposeful leaders. Because mm -hmm. like Nuria was saying, it's the individual purpose that we all have. But if we can find meaning in what we do every day, instead of looking at their daily tasks that we repeat every day, it just elevates our engagement with the workplace. It increases our commitment with the organization. Mm -hmm. It's just a whole different inspirational level. And if leaders know this is tapping into the different discretionary energy that we all have, they will know that it's going to also affect the business results. I don't think they should do it because it's going to increase the profit because it is the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. But if they do the right thing, the right money will follow that too. So I think there's so much that I can say, but I'll, I'll keep it short at that. But just to know why purpose is important is the first ingredient they should have, I think. Yeah. I see this, uh, and, and if I can use my personal example. So I shared in the beginning, my son is the reason why I am doing Amplify DEI. He is my why, he's my purpose, he's my everything. And the fact that I managed to not only activate uh, three people or four people or 10 people, I managed to um, I managed to engage so many speakers, 70 speakers, to join in this conversation and join in this epic, you know, ripple effect about moving the needle when it comes to diversity, equity, and inclusion. And to me, personally, this is a very personal summit that I'm doing. But for me, this is an example of leading with purpose, where my heart is with Orlando, with the next generation as well. But this is my why. Yeah. Exactly. And I always say, because I think I've been in this for so long, I see people mm -hmm. feel more and more pressure yeah. to find their purpose and clarify. Yeah. And they feel like it has to make the headlines on the newspapers mm -hmm. or on TV. And I always say the example that I usually give is a grandfather taking yeah. care of a grandchild is giving him energy or the extra like love or compassion to wake up the next morning, right? Yeah. It doesn't have to be that big of a thing. And yeah. I think so people are stuck in that place where they want to find this biggest, nicest sentence to to follow. And it doesn't have to be that. But I, it doesn't have to also be that far. I mean, yeah. purpose is um, from the moment that I became a mom, um, even when I was pregnant, I knew something big was happening. I didn't realize that I was going to be doing this at the end, but um my purpose is looking me in the eye my purpose is something that is breathing my purpose is you know something that that those moments when he's lying in bed you know he talks a lot I don't know where you got that from don't look at me but <laughs> <laughs> from the moment he's lying in bed and we we are scrolling towards to his baby photos it gives me that fudgy feeling that I'm doing something right and also receiving so much positivity from other mothers, from other parents, from other people who are really touched by this movement, that is purpose in itself. So um, I'm hoping that Jonathan is coming back and otherwise I'll yeah. reach out to him. And Nuria, um, let's, let's go to the next question. What can managers do to activate others to lead with purpose? Because it's one thing to have a purposeful leader but a purposeful leader is somebody who passes that baton on so that other people can lead themselves or can lead the team purposefully yes uh, purpose is not something you can um, impose 
So mm -hmm. you can only leave it yourself and so that others can see what you are doing. So it's just uh, inspired by example. Yeah. Uh, and so if you want your people to, to, to have a purpose, you can uh, show them, for instance, that you are not self-centered anymore. You are mm -hmm. thinking about how you can serve a cause. For instance, you you want to 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 really care about the, your employees. So then you put your employees or your team first. That is already an example of your purpose. You don't you are not focused in your profit first, uh, in your results first. You are caring about your people first. That that is an example. You can be humble, as Jonasson was mentioning before. You cannot you can you can be first humble. <laughs> you can be first. Uh, vulnerable so that people can join you you yes. you have to bring purpose through inspiration through your acts and even with that it may be that because uh, people can have different uh, situations at home in private it can be that you don't manage that so that's why for individual purpose have to connect with a, a higher purpose that comes mm -hmm. from organization or a team for instance. Yeah, I agree. And Jonathan, I was asking this question about um, how managers can activate ingredients, these ingredients to lead uh, for others to lead with purpose. What is your take on that? Well, what I mentioned previously, um, that members of a team want to feel that they're members of a team. Mm -hmm. They want to feel that they're partners. Uh, they want to feel that they are making a contribution that's meaningful. And they want to feel that their work is valued and that they are appreciated. So there are so many little acts of recognition that managers can employ um, simply to identify when people have done a good job, to praise people for their contributions, to express a sense of accomplishment um, wherever it comes from, uh, to smile at people, to create an environment where people feel that they are valued, and especially what we mentioned previously is to show people that they're trusted. Because you know, uh, uh, micromanaging is not managing. <laughs> Uh, it's basically communicating the message that I don't trust you to do this job by yourself. I don't trust you to do this job properly, and I'm going to be watching over you and, and inserting myself in the process. And when you give people a sense of, of empowerment, mm -hmm. um, that validates their appreciation for their contribution. True. And it, it raises the bar for them. It makes them want to demonstrate that they're worthy of that trust and that they are recognized as being part of the vision and the purpose that drives the organization. Yeah. But that then comes to, and then I'm going to address it to Brooke, that then comes to sometimes people have the best intentions. <laughs> and we Dutch people, we can sometimes be very direct. The world knows that. You know, sometimes when you translate the words from Dutch to English, it can be it can come across very harsh. So I I what I do is instead of typing my message, I'm speaking it out. And so that people can hear the intention behind it, because otherwise they will see only the text and they will interpret it in a different way. So how would you help Brooke others to activate um, uh, purpose by using words. Yeah. So first of all, that's very true. I mean, very early on at my first job, I went to some communication skills classes and I mm -hmm. never forgot that most of it is body language. The second yes. one is our tone of voice. And then the 10 percent is the words that we use. So what yeah. you said is very important to make sure that we come across in the right way. But just to answer your questions in two parts, um, the first part I don't want to miss because you said, like, how do we bring the ingredients 
to the yeah. people. First of all, I, when I go into organizations and start to create their purpose from scratch because they haven't ever done that before, it is a very inclusive process. Mm-hmm. Everybody's included, all the stakeholders, not even their, only their people, but we even b- bring in their vendors, some of their clients, and everybody like puts down a statement about what the purpose of the organization is. And then with collective intelligent exercises, we get to choose the best one that resonates with people, mm-hmm. not with their minds, definitely with their hearts. Purpose is not a statement like just has to be hung there and forgotten. It has to be part of maybe the start of every meeting. It could be now I'm recommending them. They put it in their background, in their Zoom, or start with that if to every or like every meeting they have because it gets to be something that inspires them yeah so, so some kind of a mantra exactly but it's yeah. and at the same time you want everybody to know that by heart yeah. but not because it needs to be memorized and it's a command control structure saying this is our purpose from now on right yeah. you want this to be very inclusive when you first create it so mm-hmm. that's the first ingredient and the second part is like the leaders have to like really look and care about the individual purpose of people like Nuria was saying. And if those people are not aligned with the company's purpose and they don't really care, they, it is okay for them to leave. You should not be very afraid that like Jonasan was saying, they have to have the braveness and the courage to do and seek out the truth in their people. Mm -hmm. And if that doesn't resonate with them, it's okay. And they should even like really help them to go and find a job that is more purposeful to them. So I think those are really important. But of course, when you say, ask me the question, how do you say it with your words? Your words should really resonate and align with your purpose. And then Mm -hmm. every business decision from then on too. It's not only your words, but the actions that count. And I think that's the part that I really don't like nowadays. Now people are using purpose for such a slogan and branding stuff. They don't use it for the right reason. It's not part of their business strategy, their hiring, their talent management. It's just there because it looks and sounds beautiful Mm -hmm. and trendy. So that's one thing. And it's also... It's also your purpose can change, right? If yes. you would have asked me yes. uh, 10 years ago, yes. I would have told you like, what are you telling me? Because I'm just an employee and I'm just working for the money and that's it. So, and now I've become this mission driven woman who is inspired by a six year old who is not realizing what he's doing in the world, right? So you can change. Yeah, sure. Sure. And I agree with that. And the other thing that you said, like I was only working for the money because Mm -hmm. that's what we were raised to do. I think even at that time, if people were asking, what do you find your purpose to be at work? If you took the time, you would have found something besides making money. But being a mom is a whole different story. I agree. (laughs) It becomes a whole different thing because I'm a mom as well. But also it wasn't part of the conversation at all. And it should have been, right? But the other thing that you said, like, is also that purpose does change. And Mm -hmm. when I have, for example, a friend who has her second child and she has some health issues from the day she was born, now her purpose is to know more about that disease. Mm -hmm. I mean, she has a whole different purpose in life right now. So it is definitely evolving thing, even in the organizations as well. So... But what is clear is that her purpose is changing and Mm -hmm. uh, what is also uh, analyzed or researched is that after 40s in our mid-age from 40 to 60 and there is where the majority of the population in the world is at the moment is Mm -hmm. something historically happening that has never happened before. So people are more uh, reflecting or more conscious about what brings you meaning that is not only money because usually you care about money earlier before at this age, you may have had the money because sometimes you don't have money. So that's why you need money to 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 live in a in a certain level that you were wishing when you were young. Mm-hmm. And and once you are we, we you achieve that level, money is not important anymore. Yeah. And also we know that people would would like to stop earning some money in US 
uh, in order to have more a fulfilled job. Yeah. So, yeah. and we are at this stage at the moment. This is uh, mentioned in uh, firms of endearment, for instance, uh, in the book of firms of endearment. That this is a very special moment in history because most of uh, of of the population are in this moment of rethinking life, yeah. rethinking how to make good something good, not for you but for others and for everyone that is coming behind. And this good is not only in business, but of course business is helping to make good for the planet, for society, and this includes many topics that can be inclusion, uh, inclusion that can be uh, um, uh, respect for uh, environment and so on. So that at the end, we have a look at it in a holistic way. It's not only individuals, is uh, organizations, is business, and it's uh, everything that surrounds us because everything is important for us. Is this level of consciousness that we may not have when we are so young. Mm -hmm. the, the, the weird thing is that, uh, for instance, people, uh, sons uh, from people that are boomers, uh, 40 between 40 and 60, they may think the same as their parents. So that's why they want to bring and create an impact that is bigger, bigger than what they can isolate it, create for society. That is where, how we were educated. We were mm -hmm. educated to be the best in class. To We, ha we have been uh, appraised in organizations. We are still appraised by individual goals. So this is completely a different uh, direction of where a purpose can bring us uh, a collective uh, creation and a collective result. I would, because what you and Brooke are sharing, because it made me think about a book and I would, that's why I was looking down. I was looking, you know, the, the title of the book up and it's called The Top Five Regrets of Dying from mm -hmm. uh, Bronnie Ware, where she interviewed terminally ill patients mm -hmm. about their five regrets of doing. And one of the things yeah. that was in there was live your life live yeah. it purposefully or live live to do don't wait until you're 70 don't wait until that moment and you were just touching about you know people who are turning 40 i'm 40 i'm turning in the 40 club and i really can <laughs> i can can feel that can feel what you are sharing right now because when you look at when you look back there's so much that you know i would have changed or so much that i would have done differently but then again i'm happy where i'm at now and Look at Oprah, look at so many other trailblazers like Steve Jobs, um, the guy from Microsoft who everybody has mixed feelings about, uh, Bill Gates at the moment. And there's so much more happening with those who are going through a new phase in their lives. I'm not saying midlife crisis, it's a new phase in their lives. So, Jonathan, what do you have to add on your, your expertise? Well, you put me in mind more of my history than my expertise. Mm -hmm. my, my father grew up in the Great Depression. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, whatever we think we're going through now, um, hmm. it, was, it was quite a bit uh, more intense. Yeah. Um, he told me that his father, his father had a business and he kept it going through the Depression. But my, my, my grandfather was gone when my father woke up in the morning. Mm. And he came home at dinner. They had dinner together. My father went to bed for years. He saw his father at supper seven days a week. Wow. And that was survival. Yeah. And so my father grew up in that generation. Everything was about security. Yeah. You're responsible, yeah. support your family, provide for your family. And his whole purpose in life was to provide security yeah. for me and my mother. And yeah. he did. And he did very well. Yeah. But I, I saw the the empty space it left in his life. Mm -hmm. He never understood me yeah. because when I was a young man in college and and I I grew up with you know we weren't rich but I had everything I, I really could want or need. Mm -hmm. and it didn't make me happy, and I had and a family business I could go into and, and I wasn't drawn to it. And he never understood why what was enough for him wasn't enough for me, yeah. and he never saw that what he thought was enough for him really wasn't enough for him mm -hmm. because when he finally reached a point where he didn't have to work hard and he didn't have to struggle to survive, he didn't really have anything to fill that empty space. Mm -hmm. And, and it was, it was, it was sad. It, it was sad. He, 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 he looked for ways of occupying himself in his, in his later years. And 
that sense of connection to something greater than ourselves is what purpose is all about. And yeah. whether it's God and religion, whether it's an organization that has a purpose, whether it's a country. But the irony is that now that we have the opportunity to look for purpose, we seem to be having trouble getting along with each other. Mm -hmm. and, and, and there's a certain tribalization that each tribe has its own purpose. And if another tribe has a different purpose, then I feel there's some sort of conflict, there's, there's combativeness. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult problem to propose a practical answer for. But there's this sort of duality that on the one hand, I can have my purpose for my community and you can have your purpose for your community. And we don't have to be at odds with each other, even if our purposes don't align perfectly. Yeah. We can acknowledge that, that there are different avenues towards purpose, towards sort of fulfillment, towards accomplishment, to contributing to the world. And that if we look for ways to complement one another instead of compete with each other or mm -hmm. battle one another, then we're all going to see more success and more fulfillment. Yeah, even look at this panel, you all joined because of the common denominator, and that is the title, but you all have different purposes. And I was also thinking about, I have a purpose for my business. But when it comes to my personal life, I also have a different purpose. And with my friends, I also have a different purpose, especially the friends that, you know, from time to time, we we got together and just eat. I miss them. They know who they are. I really miss them. Um, so yes you can have different purposes for different meanings for different societies and um what i also wanted to know was can leading be purpose with purpose is that an answer to boost employee engagement and i'll start with brooke um first of all like in just I'll start with the research behind that. It's not mm -hmm. only what I'm thinking. First of all, uh, it's no brainer for any one of us, I think. Mm -hmm. If you love what you do, you are going to work harder and better and maybe longer hours. It won't be work. Yeah, you won't it see it exactly. as work. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So we know that's going to definitely increase our engagement. Mm -hmm. But I think Bain and Company did the research a few years back. And when they look at people who are satisfied, they're like around 100%, let's say, productive. Mm -hmm. And then people are engaged are like 125, but the people yeah. who are inspired by the purpose of the organizations are at 20, 225%. So the the more that you love what you do, the more you find some meaning what you do, it just increases your engagement automatically. And now, thank God to different science fields that we have, I mean, neuroscience, positive psychology, and all the research that's being done is proving that over and over again. I don't get even one week that doesn't have any new research that's coming up with that. And it Can... just makes sense to us, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. Can purpose have a dark side? Because when you have people who really are into their purpose and are, you know, are, are working 200, giving themselves 200%, you also need to charge yourself up, right? For, to create that 200%. Can purpose have a dark side? Um, I, I haven't observed it in the companies that I work for or in myself mm -hmm. because it even grounded me a lot during these times when mm -hmm. I lost business, when I had so much uncertainty mm -hmm. in my life and I had bad moments. Every mm -hmm. morning what wakes me up, makes me go and move forward is my purpose. Although it might take sometimes my nights away, it doesn't feel like work, like you said. So mm -hmm. if people are willing to do it on their own, it's one thing. But if people are forced to work 10 12 hours a day it's a whole different outcome in so we shouldn't we shouldn't mix purpose with hustling yeah definitely that's a good differentiation is also if it's forced on you it's a different mm -hmm. thing if you do it willingly it's a different thing because i never used to work at night when i was working for a company that i didn't care about the purpose so much yeah. now i have spent i spend at least another three hours at night on doing what I love because it's my choice. Yeah. So it doesn't 
affect my physical, emotional health in any bad way, but it doesn't mean I don't do self-care either. Mm -hmm. I love to read, learn more and more, and sometimes I have to really stop myself and say, okay, this is enough. You have to take and do some self-care. Even one part of me says, oh, you have so many books to read and you love reading, you <laughs> love writing, do that. I really literally stop myself. So yeah. I think that's mm -hmm. a really good point that you made. We still have to take time off yeah. to, to, to release our brains at okay. least. Yeah. And Jonathan? Well, there's a quote, I don't remember who said it. I think it might've been uh, J.P. Morgan. He said, I can do a year's work in nine months, but I can't do it in 12 months. And it speaks, I think, to your question mm -hmm. about this purpose on the dark side. Yeah. Um, our brains, our psyches, our personalities, we need lots of different activities and engagements and dynamics. Um, is it possible there are some people who are so hyper-focused that they can simply throw themselves into what they're doing? Yeah, I suppose there's some people like that. But I think for most of us, we need a variety of different interactions. And I understand mm -hmm. that, that there's a certain um, science to getting out into nature. Me and my wife and I take our, our, um, our vacations in national parks mm -hmm. and we go hiking. And the sounds of nature, the, the randomness of the wind blowing through the the leaves and the, and the birds chirping in the water uh, in, in, the, in the stream, it, it has a, a, apparently a, a measurable psychological effect that benefits the working of the brain. Um, having conversations with people that we're close to, um, being playful, uh, there are all sorts of activities that are not specifically focused on our purpose per se, but which keep us energized and keep us healthy and ultimately are part of that larger purpose because they keep us healthier. They make us better able to do the work that we want to do. True. I forgot to, to draw these cards, but I need to share them from time to time <laughs> to everybody. So this is an awesome for all three of them, for all three of them. And Nuria, what do you have to add on? Uh, I think uh, engagement is something that have a lot of components. Mm -hmm. And uh, just for instance, if we talk about pur purpose would be just a component. And even yeah. here, it would have even three components within purpose. You have your own purpose, mm -hmm. you have the team purpose, and you yeah. could have even the company purpose. So when the three of them are there, you would even need something else because you only with purpose, you cannot be 100% uh, engaged. You need uh, to be to have your freedom, you need to have your mastery, you have to have your curiosity, you have to have some values that are common, so you are respected, you uh, you can show your curiosity, and so on, so on. So purpose is just one aspect. And when purpose is failing in any of them, is something that is 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 impacting engagement. So that's why engagement is very easy to say I, they are engaged or not engaged, but you can be completely. I could have my purpose, but I I have a leader that is controlling me and is just uh, macromanaging me, and then yeah. then my purpose is gone. It's gone at at work. I can have my purpose that is this duality of lives. I'm a person at work that I, ca I can give the minimum just to satisfy my, my boss, but yeah. then I cannot bring my full self at work. Then which, is, there. Which, is, which is creating a friction, right? Because you are putting on a mask, not being yourself, and you're working. It means for, for the time being, for a few months, you can uphold it. And I've, I've been there. But after a while, it creates such a friction that you are not you anymore, or you become one of them, or you become very disengaged, or you become burned out because of this combination. Yes, exactly. And we know that this is what is happening at the moment. So maybe 15% mm -hmm. or 20% of all the, the people in the companies are disengaged. So they yeah. are not even the most out of them. Yeah. This is very sad. But however, when we look at the, at the other side, so when we think, imagine the company has a, a purpose, have a way to go, where they want to go, why do they exist? Mm -hmm. 
then leaders come together because a company that has a purpose cannot choose leaders that are not having that purpose. So actually, as, as Brooke said before, the, the purpose is defined collectively. We want to exist because of this reason. This, this is why we are here. Yeah. Then every people is, is such a ripple effect that the amount of engagement is exaggerated bigger. And I don't have a number here to, to add, but you can just see that everyone is adding up to each other. It's a, it's a purpose. Of, um, for instance, I am joining, this is fictive. I'm joining a company, a new company, especially now with this Corona going on, people are onboarding remotely. How am I going to create that connection with my new team members? How am I going to create that connection with my, my, my new manager? And how am I going to align my purpose? with the company. Yes, yes, you can. And that's why it's so important. And that comes up each and every time. Once you, the company knows its purpose and clear about that, one of the main reasons you will use that the best places to use is when you do the hiring, mm -hmm. hiring especially now in terms of especially DEI issues, I've always like when I go into companies, tell them to do a hire in a very different way, which is very hard for them to do because they're so used to doing the CVs, the LinkedIn profiles and everything. And there is different ways of hiring where you can eliminate the bias as much as possible because you are doing the hiring with, with the purpose in mind, but also not yeah. looking at their names or their profiles at all. Because now it's proven there's even research about that that shows that doesn't always bring you the best candidates in the first place. So when you have these five questions and people answer it. So you, I, I have to stop you now. Yes. You know that you are diminishing LinkedIn, right? right at the I'm moment, sorry. because <laughs> all these LinkedIn profiles, all these CVs, is there, is there something that LinkedIn can do to make it more maybe anonymously? I think it's important, but it's not at the first level because yeah. we're so used to over decades and decades to look at resumes, the number of years of experience and the yeah. cover letters so much, or we look at the name and we already make some biases based on yeah. the name itself that there is no eliminating that, but at, it could come afterwards after the first steps. Mm -hmm. And that's what we do when we, I go to companies. We don't choose the candidates based on that. But once we narrow it down, we can go back to them and look at yeah. what they have done before. But there is ways to do that. But just to answer your question also, especially in COVID times, it is part of the hiring, but it's also part of the onboarding. Yeah. It's one of the first conversations, uh, human resources, and I don't even want to even call it human resources, people and culture departments have with the people and the candidates and the people they already hired. It they should have that. Yes. They should have yeah. that. So people... Yes. Yeah. So people... So... Um... I have a final question or you, or am I allowed to ask another question? I don't know how, how open you are. Can we, can we have an overtime of 15 minutes? Is that okay? It, yes, it's okay. Yeah. 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 Uh -huh. Okay. So I mentioned something about the lockdown and I want to go back to Nuria regarding this. What can managers do to support their employees during this lockdown while being purposeful, while leading with purpose? maybe share two things each share two things what can i do to activate that uh, i think at this moment that is a, a very hard moment the first thing that managers can do is to think about uh, their people so to really care about them mm -hmm. you have to care about them and their families and their teams and you have to go out of what you were doing so far and try to do anything that the team needs to be a team, to 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 be cohesive, a cohesive team in the distance because they are missing. So if they were not a strong team, uh, it will make things more difficult. But you can always try. But the yeah. manager, the manager or the leader in this case is the person that has to create the space that these people is connecting genuinely. So maybe sharing how do they feel. What is the struggle they are having? What are they grateful for? They okay. can always. I'm, I'm, I'm going to play uh, 
because I am, you know, the workplace wellness advocate and you are bashing or you are targeting the managers, who's going to be there for the managers? Who's going to be there for the leaders? The other leaders, there are always a leader. So at the end, managers are over by, I don't say, uh, managers also need help. Yeah. They have to be receptive, receptive to, uh, for this help. Yeah. So at the end, there is a cascade of people. So, yeah. Uh, so managers have other managers and managers have other managers. So there are people reporting to each other. Anybody that has people reporting to, to them has to rethink the way they are caring about their team. Yeah. If they are being, being, if they are having a purpose now, what is the purpose that, that you are here doing what you are here? Are you doing the right thing at this right moment? Or are you just asking them to work extra time and uh, having very hard life in this, in this moment where everything is so uncertain you have yeah. to help them with in specifically now in this in this hard moment that goes beyond what was thought before yeah. so and at the end you have somebody that is in the top that's why we have a pyramid <laughs> jonathan what do you have to say what no. what is your tip for for and the managers but also for those who are managers who so for the support system for the managers but also for uh the managers leading others during this challenging time just thinking about what uh was saying um reminds me very much of, of um what Simon Sinek talks about and he's, he's so articulate that uh, mm -hmm. say it better than he can certainly can't say it better than he can but try to communicate his idea he tells about how when he goes into CEOs and he asks them, what is their focus? What is their priority? And the answer is always the customer. Yeah. And he says, what are you talking about? He said, you haven't talked to a customer in 15 years. He says, the leaders at the top are responsible the way he says it. They're responsible for the people who are responsible for the people who are responsible for the customers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and and you know, it's such a brilliant insight. And it goes back to this idea of teamwork and trust, which we keep coming back to. Um, if I want, as a leader, to have my team effective, then I have to support them in their job and not try to do their job for them. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and, he, and he's the language he uses that just came yeah. to my mind. He says that if you don't have this, you don't have leaders, you have managers. Mm -hmm. Which is a very powerful way of expressing it. Yeah. And, and the truth is, as we've been talking about, we're all leaders. The leaders need to be looking out, need to be alert. Obviously, there's a lot going on now that makes it more complicated. But I know from people very close to me that in some cases, what management is doing is they're adding all kinds of work to ensure that people are actually doing their work from home. Yeah. And then managing or, or watching well, yeah. their monitor, right? At the yeah, moment. well, that, I mean, yeah. That, that does two things wrong. One, it overburdens people who are already trying to deal with an unusual situation. Yeah. And it demonstrates a lack of trust. Yeah. And uh, someone close to me said, why can't they treat us like adults? Yeah. We've, we've been doing our jobs. We're professional people. Let us do our jobs and don't set up all these systems to make it harder for us to do our job and then try to watch overs to make sure we're doing the job that you've just made more difficult. <laughs> On the other hand, it goes in the other direction too. Mm -hmm. In other words, if I'm an employee and, and I see, I, I can reach out to my boss and say, boss, how you doing? What's, how are you, how are you going on with, what can we do to make your job easier? It can go up, it can go down, it can go side to side. But the idea is that if we're all looking out for one another, and it's going to be easier for all of us to look out for ourselves. Yeah. Love it. Thank you. Brooke. Yeah, I mean, as everybody says, as we all feel, it is a very challenging times and you have to do things differently. But I'll I'll separate them into two things. Um, first of all, there has there are companies who have been purposeful and had great work cultures for a while, and they Where are, are they? Doing, uh, I, will, I have all the them if you want me to share them. It happened on Friday. Nuria was another call with where mm -hmm. I had a CEO with me uh, talking about how purposeful they are. 
So he was saying the same thing. They already create that culture, which makes it so much easier on them during these crisis situations, right? Because people were already trusted, as Yonason was saying. And then they know they ha- they can do their jobs, and they already were happy why they um, why where they work. So these ch- times are still challenging for them, but not as much as those companies who don't trust their people, right? Yeah. So this is such a wake up call for so many leaders and organizations. People like me are dying to make sure that they really get this as an opportunity mm-hmm. to reach out to their people. I do, for example, engagement and work from home surveys just to get the insight of their people anonymously. And when we look at the results together, there is so much insight from their people. People already know what needs to be done, what needs to be taken care of. It's just for leaders to go and really trust them to get their ideas. And when it's not a psychologically safe environment, you can still do something with the surveys because people know their names are not out there so mm-hmm. that's the simplest thing they can do really and also i am running all the purpose sessions i used to do online which is also possible if they've never done it it can be done online and there's mm-hmm. so much inspiration that comes only through that session alone because people are for the first time asked what they care about work and what do they want out of their work and so there's so much to be done but it has to use some different tools nowadays and there's nothing that's going to replace the face-to-face and togetherness in the offices unfortunately we all miss that but there is a lot to be done and we all want this wake-up call yeah. happening what, what, what i have learned by being purpose uh, so not looking at the business aspect of it it creates connectivity because reaching out to all of you it was by my purpose that i reached out to you that i got connected to you and i reached out to so many people more imagine that happening within your company yeah. imagine your people leading with purpose and connecting with their clients with purpose and they are engaged and talking about your business with purpose can you do you see the the magic that you are passing on when your company or your people are being led with purpose yeah yeah true and it's not only that it's just like the best kind of the purposeful leaders like Gary Ridge or Bob Chapman also mm-hmm. like really care about the family. Do we have women? Because I too, I see, sorry, yeah. sorry to not, not yeah. disrespect Jonathan, but I also want women. I also sorry. want to hear women. Uh-huh. <laughs> Do we have someone, women, who are leading with purpose? Yes. Um, I know one. Sure. I know one, one of the speakers who is... Uh, Leading Lean In, Netherlands, I see her and she doesn't know it, but I see her, Melissa Romero, who is uh, one of the speakers from uh, Amplify DEI. I see her as a purposeful leader. She managed to activate so many people within a short time, women who are connected right now, who are doing their thing and who are seeking um, seeking more, seeking leading with, with purpose as well. And of course, you all are leading with purpose as well. So sometimes we look at the bigger names. It doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be somebody with a, a huge name for them to lead with purpose. So maybe next time talk to your grandmother or talk to your father about having this conversation about what are they doing right now and what is their purpose in life and and what was their purpose maybe five or ten years ago. We also need to engage or start these conversations from home. I, I, I may add here. Uh, now it comes to my mind when you ask about uh, a woman that is leading mm-hmm. with purpose. I may add uh, Kristen Hadid, for instance, uh, that is leading co-founding my student mate. That uh, she is doing an excellent job and starting from from down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, for me, it's a reference where she's uh, she's uh, leading with purpose and uh, with all or most of the topics that we have mentioned here: gratitude, uh, uh, feedback, uh, empathy, compassion, and uh, be, being making a good business as well. So it's a reference for me. Sorry, there is a car tooting his horn. I hope that you aren't hearing it. I see some comments in and I have to read them out loud. So 
Coach Samar Siala is saying, I love it when you said my family is my purpose. My family is for me, my main purpose as well. And for me, it's it's the feeling that I'm secure, fulfilled and have a purpose that affects my social life and business as well. This is my drive to continue to contribute to the world. And it's the connection that I will do. And another one is Amy is sharing lots of companies are missing out on great candidates. Yes, they are. And Mina, I hope that I'm pronouncing your name right, being transparent and authentic. So going to the next question, this is the last round. What is your wish for 2025 when it comes to humanizing the workplace and purposeful leadership? What do you wish to see, Jonathan? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> this is a tough question. <laughs> well, there's so many different ways to go. Uh, I came across an expression recently, constructive disagreement. Mm, okay. And that in, certainly in, in our politics is where we see the almost complete breakdown <laughs> of, of anything constructive, although there's plenty yeah. of disagreement. Mm -hmm. uh, on the one hand, if, if everybody is nodding and, and reaffirming, yeah. um, then we're really in trouble. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't we don't get the opportunity to expand our worldview to consider other points of view. Uh, and I mean, this is what uh, I love to talk about in this context is is what I call intellectual diversity, is that the benefit of having different people from different cultures and different outlooks and different uh, perspectives is that we all have the opportunity to learn more about one another and then to learn more about ourselves. And when there is that kind of engagement where we feel that it's safe to disagree, mm -hmm. where we are willing to listen to points of view different yeah. from our own, when we're willing to consider the possibility that maybe someone who is on a different, come from a different place, has a legitimate basis for what he or she thinks, and maybe possibly I could reconsider my point of view. Sometimes yeah. I'm wrong. Thank that's you. Okay. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. And wouldn't I rather discover that I'm wrong than persist in being wrong? And so my vision is that we can get to a place where we can work together despite our, not despite our, our differences, but using our differences as a source of strength and a source mm -hmm. of continuing, continued developing wisdom. I love it. I'm with you on that. I love it. And Brooke? Yeah, I think well, there's like Jonathan was saying and hesitating, there's so much to wish for, right? But for just regular organizations, I would love for them to understand more of what really purpose means, not used mm -hmm. in the wrong ways, so that they really get the benefit out of it, not for only their people, but for their business results. And just like, I think I read it in a UK academic re report it was saying like purpose of business should solve people's and planet's problems profitably mm -hmm. not yeah. profit from causing more problems right and there's so much of that and we are at the lowest point of like having trust in organizations including governments and even for united states i hope to also have a purpose for our country that brings us together unites us all i feel like government is an organization i really really have to care about in the election year so we have a if we can have a purpose that unites us i would love that too it's a good one that you're bringing it up thank you brooke noria i would like to have in 2025 more organizations or many more that have humanized the workplace meaning that they have worked uh, the human focus within the organizations, all the topics we are talking about here in your, in your uh, series, all are needed, all are needed and all are important. And it's, it's a pity that we have just uh, made a business uh, for uh, the benefit of uh, some few people and instead of using it for uh, securing or, or making a, a, a to have our planet to mm -hmm. have a better society to have better leaders we are not do, using it for that we are i think we are going a, a little bit uh, uh, in a in a downward uh, spiral, la, yeah. a spiral at the yeah. moment 
So I would like that this is a, we have a period of recovery yeah. and hopefully with COVID, COVID is, is helping us to, to go there because otherwise I, I may go to a pessimistic uh, uh, view. So. I understand I, you and I, I, I want to stay, I want to stay optimistic with you. So uh, there is a lot that we need to learn, but also this, this lockdown in the beginning, I was so mad and so angry, but then again, it took me some time to reflect. It took me some time to see that there are beautiful things happening and that there are things that we are supposed to be grateful of because don't forget, some people lost their, their loved ones. Some people lost, you know, some people have people in the hospitals at the moment who are fighting for their lives. And we should be grateful. We should be grateful not only for Thanksgiving, but be grateful today on a daily basis so that we can lead with our hearts, can lead with purpose and to engage with others. So thank you for this conversation. And for those who are watching the replay, I hope that you'll be watching it again and again and again, because everything that Brooke, Jonasson and Nuria shared during this conversation is so valuable and I wish that we would see this more often. So thank you for this. Thank you for thank having you. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm going to close off. So I wanted to, again, showcase the beautiful people that we have here. So oh, I see Farah's uh, email address uh, in there that isn't supposed to be, but I wanted to showcase the beautiful people that we have here. So. These are the amazing people that are joining in Amplify DEI. And um, if you want to know more about it, go to AmplifyDEI.com. Brooke is already a speaker and uh, Jonasson is already speaking about something essential regarding a topic for diversity. And it's going to be awesome. It's happening this month, the end of uh, September, and uh, it's going to be awesome. That's all I want to share. So thank you for watching this episode. Next week, I'll be taking a break, so there won't be a live conversation about humanizing the workplace, but what I can do is, you know, share the link so that you can watch the previous episode, because to my recollection, I recorded more than 70 talks, and I'm about to celebrate my one-year anniversary with LinkedIn Live. So thank you for being uh, here. Thank you for watching. And I appreciate you. I appreciate you all for uh, watching this conversation and thank you. So thank you, Amy, for joining this live conversation and uh, until next time. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.